0: Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate with We know Fantasy, and as always, I'm joined here by the Fantasy Fro. Fro, how are you today, my man?
1: I'm doing well. Just got home about an hour ago from our cross-country meet. My boys are 2-0, undefeated season in the books. I'm excited. We got football tomorrow. Let's go. It is, it is just the Browns and the Bengals.
0: Nothing too exciting, but we get to see... You know, some Joe Exotic on primetime football for the first time. So I'm kind of excited about that. But anyhow, football is football. And with the way 2020 is going, we'll take it any way we can get them. Uh, real quick, Fro, where people find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. And as
0: always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy uh be sure to visit our website WinoFantasy.com, we for some great fantasy football content as well fancy sports content we have uh multiple articles going out every single day of the week as well as uh you can find our podcast on there as well where we have five shows now a week coming out so almost every single day of the week you're getting a podcast and multiple articles coming from the Wiener Fantasy team we're not stopping and it is great content make sure you visit that and fro let want to tell people about your premium service
1: Yes, so I have a premium service where I basically do the hard work for you. You know, you pay a, a premium you know, fee, you pay a small fee, and you can decide if you want to do it for a day, a week, a month, or for the rest of the season if you really are serious about winning. And I will actually do your entire lineup. We'll you know, have pretty in-depth conversations about your lineup, about favorable matchups, about you know, starting, sitting, injuries. I do all the work. I do all the research, anyways. So I figure I'm gonna help the people who are serious about it. I've had two new premium clients today. I'm excited to get a few more in the next few weeks. So definitely hit me up on Twitter if you're serious about getting your lineups. If you're struggling, or hell, maybe even you're maybe you're maybe you're gonna be undefeated for the next three or four weeks, and you still just want to make sure you keep you know steady momentum. Hit me up, or we take good care of you.
0: Yes, make sure you take advantage of that because that is a great way to take advantage and win your league, but we have a jam-packed show with you, uh, for you, a lot happened in week one, some major injuries, some uh, names burst onto the scene, so today we're going to talk about some of those, you know, running backs that kind of burst on the scene, what their value is moving forward, Uh, we'll talk about Allen Robinson, Uh, is it time to panic about Saquon and James Conner, and uh, talk about some matchups we like, and of course we'll go through our pick-ems that we're doing every single week. Kicking off here, we'll talk about the Steelers' backfield. James Conner, you know, he left the game early after struggling. We weren't sure exactly what was going on. He was on the side. He was shown on the sideline stretching. Looked like he was ready to go back in the game. Then after the game, after, you know, Benny Snell had 19 carries for 113 yards and uh, one target for 11.3 fantasy points, you know, it was we learned that he may have had a high ankle sprain, but then uh, we learned that he avoided it. So... You know, James Conner is optimistic for a timely return, whatever that means. Uh, he could be back this week, could be next week, or could be, you know, three weeks down the road. We don't know, but Betty Snell looked good. So uh, I have to assume now, I'm going to say this this is now, this isn't James Conner's backfield anymore. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah. So it kind of sucks because I obviously, and I tweeted this out, I, I have James Conner. I actually was kind of, I grabbed them in second maybe third round, and actually it was your brother's fantasy league on Yahoo. And I was really excited about that because, you know, of all how successful he was two years ago when you know, the entire Steelers were, were healthy, Big Ben was healthy, everybody was looking, looking good. But unfortunately, in the last three years, he hasn't finished an entire season, and now we're already here at week one, and the ankle injury is very concerning. But from my understanding, he actually probably could have went back in if he needed to and the reason he did't is because Benny Snell was doing amazing, and they didn't want to push it with his history and, and whatnot. But you know what what concerns me more is not the injury. It, Benny Snell concerns me more now because he looked great. He looked absolutely great. He was dominating the touches and you're doing really well, passing r- or receiving and, and and rushing. And the other thing that concerns me overall for the Steelers, are the big injuries where they lost two more offensive linemen. They've already were out there starting right guard. Now they lose their right tackle and another guard, possibly for the season. So right there, that team takes a huge hit overall. But if you ever if you have James Conner and you don't have Benny Snell, then I'd be a little concerned.
0: Yeah, definitely uh room for concern there if you are a Connor owner took him early but don't have a handcuff on them. Uh But, again, Benny Snell was a guy picked in the fourth round last year. Many fantasy football players were high on this guy uh, coming into last year, especially thought he would come in and vulture some touches. Didn't really come out that way. Touches kind of went a different way. He did see some touches late in the season, like we said, with James Conner missing uh, time with injury. But, yeah, with with Benny Snell doing this well, you know, with a struggling offensive line, and those Giants defense – Wasn't horrible on Monday night football. Again, it's nothing to write home about, but they were playing decent and Benny Snell was having his way doing what you can. But like you said, my concern now is, you know, this offensive line that is known to be stout is missing three starters possibly for a long time. James Conner has those injury histories without those three guys. He's going to get banged up, hit harder, you know, hit more often. You know, can he hold up? I don't think so. So if you are, uh, a Benny Snell owner, if you went out and got him on the waiver wire, good for you. I think he has season long value a week in and week out, even if James Conner is to be active. I think, uh, you know, we're going to see a 50 50 split to begin with, maybe even go 60 40 Snell's way. But, you know, when you come in and that have that big of a role, 19 carries and do that well, it's kind of hard to then phase you then back out of the offense, especially with, you know, James Conner struggling to earn that game and, uh, you know, have that injury, injury history uh, to his name. Uh, one of the more the bigger surprises was, you know, going into the season, we're debating, is Marlon, Ma- Marlon Mack or Jonathan Taylor going to, you know, take off uh, early part of the season and, you know, be that lead back for the Inepis Colts. Marlon Mack uh, went down with an ACL tear. Excuse me, Achilles tear, I think. He's up for the season. And an unsuspected name, Naheem Hines, came onto the scene you know, seven carries, 28 yards, a touchdown. But the big thing here is eight targets, eight receptions, or 45 yards, and a touchdown. Now, last week I hyped up Marlon Mack because of Phillip Rivers' history for throwing to his, uh, you know, running backs. You know, he went down with an injury. Naheem Hines stepped up, got those targets. So, you know, Jonathan Taylor now is the back to own in that backfield. He's going to, you know, dominate the touches. But you can't ignore Hines. He's going to come in, he's going to get those, you know, pass catching backs, kind of like a, you know, a Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler, may I uh, may I say of uh, of last year with uh, with San Diego? Uh, I apologize again, Los Angeles. Uh, so again, is this the way you're seeing this this uh, backfield going? If you picked up Hines, is he uh, you know a flex play moving forward, Fro?
1: Yeah, that that's absolutely accurate. You know, he looked great Week One, even when Marlon Mack was in there. But as soon as Mack went out, and let's just talk about that real quick. It, that was just so disappointing because. Getting Marlon Mack a, you know, potential starting running back on an offense with the best offensive line with one of the most creative head coaches in the league. I want as many Colts as I can get as it is. And then being able to get him in the 11th round was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then he gets injured. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor is just going to take off. But as soon as Mack went out, Taylor had 10 carries to 6 targets. And Hines had 3 carries to 7 targets. So they both had double digit opportunities and I think that's going to continue and one thing I will actually say is in our draft guide I added a section and the title literally said the importance of pass catching running backs because the age of PPR is here most leagues are PPR it's the most fun it's the way most fancy players are going and I've even had a couple of my uh, customers who bought that and said I already had Naheem Hines because of your of your uh, your spreadsheet you put out here. And they don't have to worry about snagging him off the waiver wire because in most of my leagues, he was not even available.
0: Yeah, same here. I know, you know, there were some leagues I had him late because of that upside as well as I had a Marlon Mack. But something to note, they had the Vikings this week who were absolutely torched by Aaron Rodgers uh, last week. So that passing game for the Colts should be clicking on all cylinders. So look for Naheem Hines to get more involved there. Uh, A third running back that burst onto the scene this week was Malcolm Brown, the Los Angeles Rams, 18 carries, two touchdowns, four targets, three receptions for 31 yards, 24.5 fantasy points. He uh, took the start there in the backfield for the Los Angeles Rams. Many believe that Daryl Henderson may be that guy, but he only had three carries to Malcolm Brown's 18. And then rookie second round pick Cam Akers had 14 carries. Obviously this is Cam Akers' backfield of the future. Uh, but again, Malcolm Brown is a player that I believe two years ago, uh, I don't remember who it was a a team, you know, offered him uh, a contract, but then the, uh, then the Rams went ahead and matched it to keep him on the roster. So they have confidence in this guy and very rightfully so he, uh, you know, had a great performance in that week one, uh, game and moving forward, I expect, you know, this to be a Brown acres backfield. Again, this is the way the league's going. You have two running backs. You know, Acres is a fantastic pass-catching back, one of the best you'll see hands-wise coming out of the backfield, in my opinion. So a Brown Acres combo could be coming forward. Uh, but Fro, do you see do you see this this staying this way, or you think Cam Akers slowly keeps eating those tar- uh, touches, and eventually it's his backfield by himself?
1: The way the the Rams backfield looked what was it Sunday night? Sunday night it was yep. it, Malcolm Brown just. Forged him. It was night and day. It wasn't even close. I know Cam Akers got some touches, but he didn't do much. He didn't make, break any tackles. He didn't evade any tackles. Malcolm Brown just looked like on a different level. And I understand, you know, we, we've seen this before, that Malcolm Brown has done this before. We've seen it, you know, even with, like, Corey Davis, you know, his, or Sammy Watkins. We've seen guys absolutely blow up in week one and then disappear. But, I mean, when you're looking at the waiver wires, and especially if you have a higher waiver wire priority, you got to take a shot on this guy for just that opportunity that you can get the Rams starting running back. I mean, look what Todd Gurley has done in the past when he was healthy with the Rams. That's a position I want. And even if Cam Akers slowly does work into it, and I mean, right now, it was not the best debut in my opinion. But again, he is a rookie. And it's not everyone is going to be uh, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire performance. So I think Malcolm Brown, is he's the man I want. And if he stays in there, you get yourself an absolute steal.
0: Yeah, it's uh, these three names here we went through were uh, obviously atop each person's waiver wire. So I guess, for, uh, and if, say, these three were available in a league you went to put some waiver priority on, how do you rank these three uh, on those waiver priorities?
1: Well, I'm assuming it's going to be PPR. I'm going Naheem yep. Himes has got to be number one. I think potentially he is the uh, Austin Eckler to Melvin Gordon for the former Chargers. Like I said, the Colts have such creativity and then you have philip Rivers who loves throwing to his tight ends or sorry his well in his tight ends but his running backs is the important part. He threw thirty seven percent of his targets were to running backs week one. And that is something you know we raved about in the offseason even with Jonathan Taylor's, you know, they were talked about how he he struggled with that in college, but Hands are something you can work on, especially now that at Mac is out. Jonathan Taylor and Neem Himes are just going to absolutely eat. And that offense is going to be extremely underrated. And I think, you know, going forward, I want a lot of that Colts offense.
0: Yeah, and their, uh, you know, receivers aren't, you know, the most, you know, they're not big, big name players. T.Y. Hilton used to be he's one of those who's in and out of the lineup due to injuries. So on the opposite of Paris Campbell, so their receivers aren't the, you know, the biggest threats down there. So Hines may see some more targets because of that. Maybe like you said, like an Austin Eckler last year and say, or I did it again, Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, so let's move forward here. Allen Robinson news broke out. Uh, I got a breaking news update on my phone that the breaking news was that he removed bears from his Twitter profile and everyone was losing their mind. So it's reported that he did not. Not ask for a trade, but the Bears did confirm that he is unhappy there. So, question for you, Fro: Is Allen Robinson on that Bears team, or come post trade deadline?
1: (sighs) As a Allen Robinson owner, I probably would rather that for him to be on the Bears than go to a a team that I don't know. You you know, because where is he going to end up? Is he going to end up in a crappy situation like Cleveland? Is he going to end up maybe on the Patriots? That'd be a great situation. But, I mean, all things considered, being on the Bears could be a lot worse because of how good Allen Robinson actually is. And, yes, they have Mitchell Trubisky, who is a little inconsistent. You have Nick Foles, who's a little inconsistent. But I would rather that situation in a system that he's used to rather than going to a brand new system. Halfway through the season, my you know, fancy playoffs, he's kind of learning a new system and you know, maybe takes a little dip towards the fancy playoffs. So... I'm going to say yes. I think the Bears want him there. There is obviously going to be, I mean, the the Bears' GM has arguably been one of the worst GMs in the history. <laughs> you know, paying, going out and getting all these tight ends for no apparent reason where you already have a bunch of tight ends and then not paying your best player. That has literally carried you for the last, what, three years? So I think I'm going to say yes. He, he'll be a Bear.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh they'll wise up and realize I need them there. And and like you said, for fancy football relevance, you know, that bears offense isn't anything exciting, but for Allen Robinson, it is because like you said, PPR leagues, he's a monster there. So if he goes to a different team, those touches, those targets will drastically go down. And, uh, you know, we're not seeing a Rob of, you know, fancy value, at least of the past. So another question here, we, we saw Saquon Barkley have an absolute horrible outing against that Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Defense, I know that defense is elite. But come on, 15 carries for six yards? Is it time to panic uh, for Saquon? I know he had nine targets, six receptions for another 60 yards. So he salvaged a somewhat okay fantasy line, but six yards. Big Ben actually outrushed him. So is it time to panic on Saquon here? You know, he was a consensus, probably number two overall pick in most leagues. Uh, What do you think about this, Fro?
1: Yeah, so if... Any of my close followers know I normally say don't panic after week one. But the way (laughs) man. I listen, I had a second round I had a second overall pick in one of my leagues, and of course they had the decision between Zeke and Saquon. And I thought Saquon maybe, but I then I heard the reports of how the Cowboys wanted to pass more to Zeke, which we saw a lot in in week one. I think that's gonna continue, especially without Jarwin. But with Saquon I mean, I talked about the Giants, you know, potentially being one of those breakout teams after they get past these this first three games. They had the Steelers who absolutely destroyed Saquon, hit him in the backfield n- nearly every every play. Yeah, and I had was playing. No chance. no chance at all. I was playing against Saquon in one of my leagues, so I was very happy with that. But you know, since last year, the Steelers allowed the six fewest points to running backs. They got the Bears this week who have allowed the 16th most points to running back. So they're kind of middle of the pack. And then the 49ers, who last year allowed third fewest. So it's going to be tough, but I think after that, it might get a little bit easier, but not a lot easier. I still think the Giants running game has a bottom five favorable schedule. So am I panicking? No, but if I'm a Saquon owner, I'm looking to bolster that running back defense just in case. Yeah, like you said there, you hit everything on the
0: head there. You can't ignore a 15 carries for six yards is, you know, nothing you want to see out of, you know, one of the best there is at a position. Uh, like I said, I know that Steelers' defense is elite, but even then, six yards is something you shouldn't see out of a go start running back. But that offensive line is uh, a mess there. He, did, he didn't even get a chance to get going at all. And uh, I was recording a podcast that night with uh, Zach, the Wave of Our Wishless podcast, remember checking my phone like halfway through the podcast and it was something like 12 carries for like 4 yards I was like this isn't be a typo this can't be correct but sure enough it was like he like said you can't you can't panic now on Saquon cuz the talent he's a talent these first 3 weeks like you said would be pretty rough for him but you have to be a little bit worried like the fro said maybe go out and trade for a, a lower end running back uh if you're if you're deep at a different position just to have that security blanket for if you know, Saquon, for some reason, doesn't pan out this season. So we're going to talk about some matchups here. We have, you know, there's no bye weeks until, what, week four. So we still four. have 16 games slated. Um, so I guess we'll each talk about two matchups that we are, you know, excited for to watch not only as a football fan in general, but with a lot of fancy uh, value on the way. So I'll let you kick this off. Fro. What is your favorite
1: matchup this week? All right. Well, of course, there's lots to go on, but I'm going to focus on as far as fantasy value. I mean, I think the Bears and the Giants, I know it's not really a pretty game, but I think the Bears have a chance to put up some pretty good fantasy points. You know, they're going up against the Giants. who have the third most points to quarterbacks. They've the third most points to wide receivers, Paging A-Rob and Anthony Miller this week. And you know, last week the Giants allowed 22 and a half points to Ben, and Trubisky has rushing upside. So, I think Trubisky actually has a chance to finish as potentially a top eight quarterback again this week after he had that that nice late game finish last week against the Lions. So, I mean, if you're looking for a favorable matchup and you're you're willing to risk it, I know it could be it's very risky. I understand that. But I like the matchup. I like the rushing upside. And I just expect the, you know, the Giants, I think, are going to try to score more. So this could ultimately just be more of a favorable fantasy opportunity. Yeah, And how
0: about that, you know, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones to Darius Slayton combo that we saw Monday Night Football? That was uh, something to look forward uh, to moving forward. My matchup here, I'm going Patriots at Seattle. Uh, I think this is going to be a decently high-scoring game. You know, Seattle is decent against the run, where uh, you know their secondary is pretty suspect. So I want to see, as a fan too, I want to see Cam Newton kind of open it up. I hope Bill Belichick allows him to you know start slinging through the air. As we saw, he was had 75 rushing yards and two touchdowns against the uh, who did they play Week One Dolphins. Right. Yeah, so the Dolphins. So we know the Dolphins have, you know, one of the best cornerback pairings in the entire league. So uh, I think this game's going to be pretty high-scoring. You know, Russell Wilson and Seattle put up 35 points, I believe, last week in the Atlanta Falcons. Patriots are a little bit better defense than that, but Russell Wilson is too good of a player to really shut down. So I think this is a decent high-scoring game. I think Cam Newton and Russell Wilson have great games. And then, uh, you know, I think the wide receivers on both sides really break out, and Kilhary may have a you know a come to age type of game and then uh you know a dk metcalf and a and a in a who's, who uh, who else is out there fro Tyler Lockett Tyler Lockett oh hey, yeah I, I blank when i talk about players here uh we'll have a decent
1: game so i think that's going to be a good one to, to look forward to it's all those rolling rocks getting to you i need to have a couple uh, more <laughs> yeah have a couple more now but uh my last matchup and i i have a lot of these favorable matchups if you guys Prefer you know, like to look at that. I like to I give them out. I actually do a weekly newsletter, and I have you know t- uh, projected totals, projected favorable matchups, and a couple, and then uh, waiver wire uh, additions. I have a lot of those. I give those out for free, and I know a lot of you guys use those, and I do appreciate your support and feedback, and on that. So hit me up on Twitter if you would like to get added to that email list, or onto my GroupMe group where we chat fantasy football, and it's actually a really really nice friendly environment so i'm actually excited for tomorrow's game is as, as far as the Bengals, because i am ready for joe mixon to do something because that was embarrassing last week what yeah i tooted
0: did. his horn. i tooted his horn this offseason way too
1: much for him to be doing what he did last week right and he he only was on for snaps he was out there for less than 60 percent of the snaps so that is not going to cut it for someone who's got Fifty-nine million million extension. You know, it's a much better matchup this week. And I just want to see what Joe Burrow does. I understand last week was against the the Chargers in a very slow-paced Chargers team, which I think we'll see a lot of slow games from them as it is. But the Bengals, you know, they're typically a quicker-paced game. And the Browns absolutely got lit up by the Ravens last week. They gave up the 12 most points to wide receivers. And I'm just expecting a bigger game from Joe Burrow and and Joe Mixon and just that team as a whole. Even though it is a shorter week and a Thursday night, this could be the breakout game that we are expecting.
0: Yeah, I actually named the Bengals my uh, streamable defense of the week, my top you know my top AD, and I actually have them in several leagues. I think this is a good game for them. Uh, but my final game here, uh, probably the one of the highest scoring games, if not the highest scoring game of the week, Falcons versus the Cowboys. We saw what the Falcons did. Matt Ryan threw the ball like 300 times against the Seahawks. Actually, it was like 54, I think. But still, that's a large amount of times they throw the ball. You know, three different receivers had 12 receptions. Um, absolutely had a ton of points, but they only scored 25 points, uh, you know, total as a team. Uh, Todd Gurley got a touchdown. Love to see that. Love to see him back in that column. Uh, but, you know, we know that the tools that Dallas has. I know they, they got beat against the Rams on Monday night what was it? Sunday night football actually. Actually I don't know about that. That uh that suspect pass interference call that really changed the game at the end. That's tough. yeah. Yeah, it's tough to see. It's tough to see if you're a Cowboys fan or feel for you. It happens, but yeah, that's uh that was a rough way to end it. But maybe they'll be back with vengeance. They're all they're at home. Uh, you know, playing Atlanta whose defense is is very suspect and they have all the weapons in the entire world. And like you said, oh, yeah. Zeke, you know, can have a great game here. And then, you know, three great outside receivers, Amari Gallup, and rookie CD Lamb there. Uh they lost Blake Jarwin. Um, so look for more out of the receivers and you know, pass catching backs there, where Zeke is now heavily involved there. But I think this is a very high-scoring game and like I said oh, in the yeah. Waiver Wire, which podcast, I want as many parts as both these offenses as I possibly can, uh, with Russell Gage being one of my uh, must-add players of the week. So excited to see this one. All right, let's move on to our final segment here. Let's do our pick So last week, DeFro actually bested me. He went 11-5, and and I went 9-7. and So uh, going into week two, he's got a two-game lead on me I have to make up this week. So uh, let's just get into it, Fro. Uh, we'll go every other. You'll start, and then I'll start the next one. So Cincinnati versus Cleveland, who you have?
1: I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow in the Bengals. Yeah,
0: I'm going Bengals as well. Uh, a Giants Bears. Uh, this is a this is a hard one. Bears at home. I'm actually gonna lean Bears.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Bears. Giants are off at disappointing loss. I think Bears get it done. So Rams versus Eagles. Uh, this is you, Fro gotta go eagles i think actually no i lied i know they're going to win this game they are getting back miles sanders getting back lane johnson possibly their defensive weapon and the rams have to travel coming off that emotional win against the cowboys in their home stadium for the first time it's going to be the eagles
0: i'm gonna lean rams after what the washington football team did to the eagles in week one falcons dallas i think cowboys come out on top after you know that that uh like you said emotional loss to the rams on Night football
1: uh, man that that's this is a really tough one i'm gonna go with the falcons because i don't want the cowboys to win
0: simple as that
1: panthers versus buccaneers fro gotta go with the buccaneers i think tom brady gets that first win in a bucks uniform all right, 49ers Jets. Uh, I'm leaning this one off. My Niners
0: take this one, especially after what they did last week. Yeah, I think you have to go with 49ers. Yeah, I don't think uh, you know that betting line. The Jets is going to be pretty used this week. Uh, Denver versus Pittsburgh. Got to go with the Steelers. They're hot. That defense is way too way, way too good for a Drew Lock to really pick apart. Jaguars Titans. I think I'm going to go Titans here. Going
1: Titans with you.
0: All right, Lions Packers. I'm going Packers. Simple as that. Another easy one in my book. Bills Dolphins. I'm going Bills. Gotta go Bills. Not much a difference here thus far. I think uh, we only have what difference on two games, two yep. games thus far. All right, moving forward, Vikings Colts. Here's one that could go either way. I'm going with the Colts. All right, I'm going to go with Vikings. I think they bounce back and have a have a victory this week. Washington football team versus the Arizona Cardinals. I like this Cardinals team. I'm going cards.
1: Yeah, I'm going Cardinals as well. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Both these defenses are actually very underrated, but I think the Cardinals are just a little bit better on offense.
0: Easy enough there. Ravens versus the Texans. Going with the upset. Give me the Texans. Ooh. I like it. I like it. I picked the Texans last week to beat the Chiefs. So, wait. No, you picked the Texans last week to beat the Chiefs, I think. I did. Either one of us did did. did (laughs) beat the Texans. uh, Go with them again. (laughs) All right. Maybe you go uh, one for one there with the Texans picks. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers. I think the Chiefs are too much for the Chargers here.
1: Oh, yeah. This is going to be an absolute bloodbath.
0: Give me the Chiefs. Here's a good one. New England at Seattle on Sunday Night Football. I think this is your pick. Yeah, this is your pick.
1: Yeah, it's Seattle, man. They're gonna at... Russell Wilson. Seattle, it's it's done. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't think uh, they can keep up there in New England. So, final game of the week, Monday Night Football with the Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders, who are one and oh, I'm going Saints.
1: I'm gonna go the Raiders. Oh
0: my goodness, maybe that move to Las Vegas is really gonna do something for them. Uh, this is their is this the first home game? Who did, did they were they on the road last week?
1: They. I think they were on the road. Are they home? I guess, they, yeah, they are home.
0: Home, oh, yeah, Monday Night Football. So that's probably why they're on
1: Monday Night Football, honestly, right? That is probably, yeah. The, well, the Raiders, I mean, that offense is on paper, it looks nice, you know, for sure. But, and obviously the Saints are without Michael Thomas and, you kind of have to look at that, that specter that it is, you know, that first whole opening game. Look how well the Rams did against the Cowboys. You know, when that when that Vegas line opened, it was the Cowboys were favored, you know, three points. And then before it closed, the Rams were favored. So people kind of play that edge. So we'll see what the, if the uh, Raiders can pull that off.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I'll be glued to my TV for this one. I want to see some Josh Jacobs going off yet again. But that's it for this week's show, guys. Every Wednesday night, me and the Fantasy Fro will be coming at you with uh, the Weino Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro. Fro, where can people find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. My name is Nate with Wino
0: Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Wino Fantasy. Visit our website, winofantasy.com, for some great fantasy football and fantasy sports and general content. Fantasy Baseball is winding down. And every Sunday night, I have the Must Add Waiver Wire uh you know targets for fantasy baseball well next week is the final week on that so uh make sure you're tuning in to that and you can find all of our podcasts like i said we have five podcasts per week now uh for the for the football season so make sure you are paying attention to that as well as almost two articles uploaded every single day so again we appreciate you guys tuning in and we will see you next week peace